This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, April 2nd, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The individual mandate is the keystone of Obamacare, but does it pass constitutional muster? Robert A. Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute, says even if you accept as legitimate the strained logic of regulating non-interstate non-commerce as interstate commerce, there's no constitutional argument for the feds forcing Americans to buy health insurance. What should we understand the Commerce Clause to authorize the federal government to do? Originally, the Commerce Clause was um, enacted in response to problems that had arisen under the Articles of Confederation. Um, Specifically, states were imposing uh, tariffs and quotas on goods coming across state lines from other states. And this impeded the flow of interstate trade and prevented the uh, nation from growing at the pace that it could otherwise have grown. The framers were very concerned about that, and one of the major purposes of the Constitutional Convention was to make sure that there were none of these insidious barriers to trade, and thus the federal government, the national government, was given the power to regulate interstate commerce. And by that, the framers meant to make commerce regular, to make sure that it did flow freely across state borders not to impose further impediments on trade, but to make trade regular, to free the flow of trade. That was its original purpose. Jump forward to uh, the 1930s when we essentially had our understanding of that clause changed. Most of the damage was done in a whole series of cases, probably the worst of which was Wickard v. Filburn, a case where the issue was, does Congress's power to regulate interstate commerce extend to activities which are not interstate and not commerce? The answer would seem to be self-evident, but it wasn't self-evident to the uh, Supreme Court. Mr. Filburn grew crops on his own farm. He didn't buy them. He grew them. He didn't sell them. He ate them and gave them to his farm animals. The Roosevelt administration wanted to curtail production to boost prices during the Depression, said to Filburn, you have to cut back on your growing of crops in Filburn said under what authority Roosevelt responded interstate commerce regulation. Philburn quite sensibly said, not interstate, it's all on my farm. And by the way, not commerce, there's no buying and no selling. I'm not buying, I'm growing, and I'm not selling, I'm eating. And the Supreme Court basically said, Philburn, you don't get it. Uh, After all, if you weren't out there growing, you would have had to buy. And if you weren't Eating everything, you'd have some left over to sell. So by not buying and not selling, uh, you're obviously having an impact on the supply and demand for crops in the interstate market. That opened the floodgates, and uh, then the regulatory state was ready to pour, the, the end result of which we are now seeing, namely the federal government arguing that to regulate an interstate market in healthcare, it is justified in mandating the non-purchase, certainly not a commercial activity, the inaction, that is the act of not doing something, the non-purchase of health insurance in intrastate markets, bearing in mind that health insurance may not be purchased across state lines. There is no interstate market to be regulated, and yet the government is claiming authority to do this. Jump forward again to Gonzalez v. Rach. Only one member of the court who was in the dissent in that case is still on the court, and that's Clarence Thomas. 
presumably about medical marijuana, but the real issue, again, was the Commerce Clause. Miss Raish was sick. She grew marijuana in her own apartment. She consumed the marijuana to relieve pain. It was legal to do so in California. She had a doctor's order to do so. The federal government came in and said, you're violating the Controlled Substances Act, and the DEA is going to shut you down and declare that you are a criminal. She responded, much as Mr. Filburn had responded, hey, there's no commerce here. I'm growing it and I'm using it. I'm not selling, I'm not buying. And by the way, it's all intrastate within my own apartment. And the court responded, well, you remember Wickard v. Filburn. Uh, you're doing the same thing that Filburn did, and we're going to rule the same way, namely that the federal government can come in. And even though this is non-commerce and intrastate, if the failure to regulate would undercut a federal regulatory regime, then we are going to permit it. And so that's what we're faced with in arguing that the individual mandate to buy health insurance is unconstitutional. But may I remind you that even if we take Wickard v. Filburn and Raish v. Gonzalez at its worst, that is the federal government can come in and tell Mr. Filburn that he can't grow crops, even though it's intrastate, even though it's non-commerce, that doesn't mean they can come in and tell me I must buy bread at the local grocers in order to subsidize wheat farmers and enable them to make more money. That's quite a different matter. And this individual mandate, the requirement to purchase a product from a private company, that has never been litigated. And so there is no precedent, I would argue, that dictates that the court uh, authorize this under the Commerce Clause. Some on the left are concerned, fearful even, that uh, after having seen what happened in the Citizens United case, where a whole lot of law over the past 30 years was uh, gutted by the U.S. Supreme Court, that they might be willing to, uh, in fact, say that uh, Obamacare itself just doesn't uh, pass muster under the Commerce Clause. Well, I hope that's right. I don't think... Um and this should be some encouragement to um, folks who believe in liberty, I don't think it's necessary to overturn uh, either Wickard v. Filburn or Raish v. Gonzalez, even though I wish the court would do so. It's not necessary because the individual insurance mandate raises what the lawyers call a matter of first impression. This has never been litigated. Uh, even in Wickard and even in Raish, there was no requirement to buy a private product from a private company. This is the very first time that has ever happened. And if the government can mandate the purchase of health insurance, then, of course, they can mandate anything, the purchase of a fuel-efficient car, the purchase of exercise equipment, and on and on and on. This is the insinuation of the government in every facet of our lives. Robert A. Levy is chairman of the Cato Institute. You can read his recent critique of the individual mandate in Cato's new policy report, available at cato.org.